What's good, modern workers? Before we start the show, I just wanted to tell you about our MOO Live Webinar Sessions for June 2021, a month that's dedicated to SharePoint stuff. On Thursday, June 3rd at 10 a.m. Central, learn how to surface up your most important files and resources by publishing them to your SharePoint sites. On Thursday, June 17th at 10 a.m. Central, join us as we dive into Microsoft Viva Connections, a new feature that brings your SharePoint home site into Microsoft Teams. Register today by following the link in the episode description. Also, don't forget to check out our past webinars on YouTube. And now, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the MoO Show podcast. My name is Ryan Bialik, as always, joined by Alex Henry. Alex, how are you doing? Doing quite fabulous. How's it going, Mr. Ryan? It's good. Uh, you know what? Seasons changed, I think. Looking out the window, it's uh, it's warming up. It's getting beautiful. Things are changing. It's good. Yes. Uh, I, I was hanging out on my porch today and just like, I wish I was at a park right now. I wish I was camping. Can we podcast while we camp? If you want to, I mean, it's it's a new normal, right? Do anything it's, from anywhere? Yeah, that's a new normal. Um, I, I'm gonna need some help bringing some of this gear out, though. Do you have a truck? <laughs> need to borrow your truck? Sure, anytime. Awesome. Right on. So, uh, as we continue our modern workplace journey again, um, talking to guests, talking to friends, talking to colleagues, people we've worked with in the past about their own modern workplace journeys, what that means for them. Uh, certainly, on that. Um, journey towards digital transformation and again what that means for different organizations at different places in their journey is is absolutely what we're all about and what this podcast is all about now alex put the step into the time machine for a second because we did talk about hardware on this podcast once upon a time to go way back i think it was mid-year last year we talked about the surface duo and i think that was really the only time we ever brought up the category of Hardware. Typically, we talking we're talking about Microsoft 365 and the apps and services and all of the cloud goodies that way. But I thought I had that thought. I said to myself, "Self, let's talk about hardware again because that's a story of the modern workplace journey." I believe. Yeah, and I think it's because you get you get a little jealous every time you see me playing around with my Surface Pro. Maybe just a wee bit jealous. Oh, you got that. You got the Surface Pro. Um, our our boss has a Surface Book three, I think. I, I think it's a Surface Book two, three, two, two or three, right? So he's got that. Makes me jealous. And I've got this Lenovo that, you know, if I push too hard on the screen, the the thing's gonna fall over. But, anyways, uh, our guest today is none other than than a good old colleague of mine, uh, Matt Petsnick from Microsoft. Another Microsofty folks is is joining us again. Matt, how are you doing? Hey, Ryan, doing well. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. No problem. Our pleasure. It's uh, just to set the scene for you listeners. I know this is an audio only podcast. But Mr. Pesnick join us, uh, joins us from the Microsoft Fargo campus, and he's sitting in front of a gorgeous, gorgeous Surface Hub. Yes, that is I, the I uh, 85 inch Surface Hub. That's the 85. So, that's the 85. I have the 50 inch at home, but this is my motivation to come into the office. See that, Do you have to that, remove a wall to get those things in the building? <laughs> so you used to be able to with the Hub version one. It was an 84 inch, and it had these like big wing speakers, so they couldn't fit into the elevator. So there's actually stories of customers renting cranes and taking a window out to like get it in. But with yeah. the 85 inch, they uh, took that into account, and 
um, improve the the bezels are thinner there's no wing speakers and the packaging is is better so you can actually tilt it up and get it in an elevator easier as well so so all good on this one I think we heard something about that at one of the uh, offices in Winnipeg. They had to get it up with a crane or something like that because they're on like the 10th floor of a skyscraper downtown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some crazy stories. So there's a, in my pitch deck, I actually have one slide that's just a picture of an elevator because that's the, <laughs> that's the whole talk track. Maybe that's why you're, everyone's trying to get into foldables right now, just so you can get them in the bloody elevator. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right on. So Matt, uh, let's give our listeners some background just as, as we do typically with our guests. Fill us in on yourself. Fill us in on your, your journey in tech so far, Microsoft or not. Tell us, you know, how did you get to where you are uh, at Microsoft today? Sure. So, so yeah, so I sit in Fargo, North Dakota. It's um, where Microsoft's second largest campus is actually, um, outside of the headquarters in Redmond, Seattle area. Um, so I went to university here in Fargo and essentially started shortly after uh, right into kind of Microsoft on the sales side as started selling BPAWS, which is the business productivity online suite, the predecessor to Office 365 before it came out. So um, transitioned to Office 365, was doing some sales stuff there, was a technical specialist there for a while. Um, then I moved over to covering Canada about five years ago now. Um, as an account executive. So I was working with several several corporate customers out in Western Canada, primarily British Columbia. And then uh, as of about a year and a half ago, um, October, so just over a year and a half ago, I made the jump, made the move to this surface specialist role, still covering Canada corporate accounts, but covering the whole country now. Right on. So what does that role give you the opportunity? You're you're demoing the hardware, you're telling the Surface story, I'm assuming bringing it back to, to Microsoft's own modern workplace vision as well? Yeah, absolutely. So so on a normal normal uh, circumstance, I'd be doing some traveling into, into Canada. I did some of that prior to COVID shutdowns, um, where I just have a, a backpack that's full of six different devices. So uh, it's a pretty, pretty fun experience going through the airport and taking out device after device <laughs> after device. Um, but yeah, able to go on site and show off some of those and, and now really using Microsoft Teams to kind of showcase verbally and with the camera and have all the devices right here in arm's length. So kind of can demo them and tell a story. And there really is a lot of the, the modern workplace side of things that, that are baked into it um, with autopilot and I'm doing some self-deployment stuff with Intune and Azure Active Directory. There's a lot of security components that go into Surface that complement some of the security things that Microsoft 365 does in Azure. So it really is kind of a, a better together story with Surface and Modern Workplace. Absolutely. So do you think now, in your opinion, the devices tell the story of M365 or M365 tells the story of the devices? Which one do you think lights up the other? I mean, ultimately, I still think the software side is is what's what's the underlying factor and kind of really tells the story. That is where a lot of the kind of user settings come into play, security mm-hmm. settings, things like that. Um, I mean, there certainly is complements on the hardware side for Surface, but yeah, I mean, I think Microsoft 365 is a pretty pretty hero skew for Microsoft and um, what you're able to do on that. Right on. And that move from you know having that experience in, as you mentioned. BPOS, like that was that was a long time ago in in technology years, if you will. 
Uh, I really wonder why Microsoft got rid of that acronym, BPOS. Huh. <laughs> but did, yeah, did that experience flow with Office? Yeah. Did that did that experience sort of help you get into the into the service role? Yeah, it did. So, so I mean, as you've kind of noted, it's it, there's a lot of correlation and tie-in with that. Um, so it certainly does help my Surface storytelling that I have that Office 365 background that can tie it into the software side of things as well. So it certainly gives me an advantage when selling Surface and, and talking about the kind of holistic Microsoft approach. Right on. And it doesn't hurt that those devices are absolutely gorgeous to, to look at as well. Right. So oh, tell us. lovely. I love seeing them in public because you can always just like recognize like the Surface Pro just like from the uh, just from the design alone. How about this yeah, one, Alex? You can tell when someone's typing on a Surface keyboard. You don't. Their webcam can be off. You you wouldn't even have no prior knowledge, but you can. There's a sound. That keyboard makes a sound, and I know when someone's typing on a Surface keyboard. But that's just that's. Just How would you helpful. describe it? It's a clickety clack. I don't know. It's a pretty good clickety clack. <laughs> so Matt, tell us. I will about, say, like the keyboards are wonderful. I do love them, except for the touch touch cover. You guys remember touch cover? That was the flat one with no, it didn't have any keyboard travel. It was just like a velvety uh, thing. That was Surface Pro 1, you know, back in even Surface RT oh, yeah. days. This is a, yeah. So I have an RT, but even this RT has a type cover. But yeah, I know the one that you're talking is completely uh, completely flat like this, yeah. but it has keys there. And that one was a bit rough of an experience. Yeah, it was, even RT was a bit rough. I'll give you five bucks for that on Kijiji right now. <laughs> he will. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's worth more than that, just from a nostalgic perspective. So there you go. Kind of a, in this role, I can uh, I can open up my conversation with introducing the new Surface device and kind of talk about the RT. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So going back to that story, you said the the vision or the story that Microsoft that that narrative of modern workplace supported by Surface. Give us that elevator pitch, if you will. Yeah, so modern deployments something that a lot of customers are moving into. Um, there's so many customers that are spending hours, days, even weeks just deploying the devices that they procure, whether it's Surface or Dell and OVHP, whatever it might be. You're spending so much IT time just getting these devices imaged and set up and ready. So with the pandemic, it really has accelerated things because now you're not just shipping to one office and then handing them out. You're actually shipping into an office provisioning them and then mailing them back out. So a lot of customers now are moving more towards that modern deployment with autopilot. Um, so autopilot is using Azure Active Directory and Intune, which are both included in enterprise mobility and security, which is a part of Microsoft 365. So essentially your end user can get a brand new device still shrink wrapped, directly sent to them. They open it, they log in with their credentials, verifies them on Azure AD, connects, downloads, pulls their privacy policies, their certificates, their applications need to be installed. And then they're essentially up and running on a fully provisioned device without IT ever touching it. So so that capability alone is available across multiple devices. It's not unique to Surface, but mm -hmm. there are some things that Surface does to enhance that and make it more unique or added value to that experience. So because Microsoft has Intune, and we have our Microsoft partner ecosystem. Um, you can actually, partners can use Partner Center to log the device IDs when they input an order. 
and ultimately push that directly to match the users in Intune. So essentially a customer just says, I want 20 devices, here's the users, and the partner just handles everything else so that it's already pre-provisioned on the settings that need to happen in Intune. And then also with Surface for Business, all those devices are already sent with Windows 10 Pro. They already have Office downloaded and installed. So Office is used by 95% of organizations. It's typically one of the bigger downloads. That's already taken care of. You just have to log in to activate your copy of that. And there's no other bloatware, consumerware, anything like that that you need to kind of remove from the device, no third-party stuff installed. So it's a pretty clean image outside of the office. So really enhances and speeds up that process as well. Are you telling me you're not shipping those devices with Candy Crush? Not loading the Surface for send Business it, with Candy Crush. I'd be you sending probably, it back right away. <laughs> you could probably get a consumer one from Best Buy or Costco with Candy Crush on it, but <laughs> not on the business side. Keep those clean. But I, I, so I hear that, what you just mentioned, and to me, it all that also boils down to time, right? Speed, yep. time to market, time to new hire, time to new division, time to change the way we we operate our business. I get, and I guess certainly the pandemic has had its flavor or its impact on that. Everybody's needed to work from home. Can't stop by the office and pick up your laptop. Maybe we don't even have the IT team sitting in the office anymore to to configure that. That's a right. huge, huge, huge step. So I see it certainly in that pandemic light, but post pandemic, whatever new normal, whatever it's going to be. Um, work from anywhere, work for anyone from anywhere. Um, I could be sitting at, at the lake. As long as I could get a delivery truck there, I could get a provisioned laptop from my firm, turn it on, sign in, start doing work. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the Surface for Business has a lot of security components built in too with the Surface TPM chip baked on at the hardware level. You have the firmware level where the IT can actually manage all the firmware settings, the pre-boot stuff. Um, directly through Intune and configure things on and off. So end users don't even have access or control to that. Um, they can block ports, um, whatever it might be. And then of course, Microsoft owns Windows, Windows 10 Pro, Windows 10 Enterprise, Azure, Microsoft 365. So it's it really is an end-to-end security story where the security engineering teams are kind of building for each other the best complemented solutions that's out there. So it is a pretty kind of unmatched solution that Microsoft offers because we kind of own all levels from the from the chip to the cloud. Right on. Yeah, no, it's it's a story that, you know, either end of the book is is kind of writing inwards and and uh, that, that full stack approach I think is really really compelling. Um, would you say that the Surface team and and your team included on the sales side have you had to respond to remote work and that I know Microsoft's always been ahead on that sort of trend, but um, COVID pandemic, the lockdowns and all of that, did that change sort of internally where your team is sort of responding to to different issues? Yeah, I'd say so. From a just internal perspective, uh, I mean, our campus here at Microsoft is kind of mostly sales or I guess portion of the 2000 employees are, are sales. And it's kind of built in that, hey, let's all come in, work together. That way you can kind of partner, bring in that surface dynamics, Azure, like everyone's talking and working together. So there certainly was some of that, okay, now we hit, now everybody's working remote and working a lot more through teams. Um, so you have that from an internal perspective, but I think it has internally, we felt it pushing and talking to our, our customers and accounts as well, because we have a lot of essentially what normal digital transformation that would happen from a three to five year span was now accelerated into three to five months. So 
customers are rapidly deploying some things that they probably should have been doing or maybe didn't have the chance to do or had on their roadmap into now a short time span. So obviously Teams active usage has gone way up. Office 365, Microsoft 365 deployments have gone up. And really even from a Surface perspective, a lot of companies maybe were pushing dated devices or even desktops that are now, or at that time were like, okay, we need 200 PCs, 200 laptops like now, because we're mm-hmm. sending everybody home and the devices we currently have just aren't adequate enough to work from home. So I've seen a lot of, a lot of transformation, a lot of new devices to kind of fit that mobile workforce. Uh, I think there's going to be a, really a change globally on how companies operate. Companies that have been historically 100% work from the office are going to be maybe a little bit more flexible and maybe even 50%, you give more flexibility to your users, how they want to work, or mm-hmm. even just be 100% remote. If, if it's been working for the last year, why spend a million dollars on rent for a, for a year when you can essentially cut that off your budget line? Absolutely. No, I, we certainly, Alex and I, our team here in Clear Concepts, absolutely heard those stories where people were grabbing their desktops and, and their couple <laughs> of monitors and, and you know chugging their way home when, when things got locked down. But I think you're you're onto something in in terms of form factor because even something like a Surface Two in One can give you flexibility. From do you want to work on a desk or do you want to stand up or do you want to go outside for a little bit and get some fresh air um, above and beyond even just a traditional clamshell laptop. Certainly, you've got clamshells in in the Surface family, uh, but something like the Surface Pro, you know, I think even pen input and touchscreen input is is a pretty compelling thing that a lot of businesses want to think about. Yeah, and I when I'm presenting or talking to customers, I'm always using my pen. Uh, that's one great thing with Surface is every Surface is touchscreen. Surface has a unique three by two aspect ratio. So even though we have 13 and a half or 15 inch models, the 13 and a half inch feels bigger than some 14 inch that are 14 by nine, just because you have the the higher mm-hmm. kind of height on it. So it almost seems like there is more screen real estate, or in some cases there actually is more screen real estate. Um, another thing that kind of didn't touch on earlier, but kind of differentiate surface is the windows. Hello. Again, that is a, a software thing that's enabled through windows 10, but every surface has, the infrared camera built in. So I've been at Microsoft more than 10 years. I, I've gone through where you have 60-day password policy. You have to reset your password. It has to be a complicated password. can't reuse a password. You're supposed Don't miss to... Those. <laughs> yeah. Don't miss those. To, you have employees writing passwords under their keyboard or in their desk drawer because they just can't remember what their current password is. So, yeah. so Microsoft has yeah. actually gone passwordless now because of MFA with the Authenticator app and and Windows Hello with the pin access and just auto login. Like years ago, I'd contemplate if I even want to lock my computer, I'm just going to fill up my water bottle. Do I even need to lock my computer? Policy says that I should, but I don't want to sit here coming back, hit the space bar and then wait for it kind of boot and then type in my password and then wait for that to load. It's like, seems like waste time. Whereas with Windows Hello, especially with the infrared camera, I'm walking back to my desk and it's already picking me up and I'm, I'm logged in to my computer right back where I was as I'm sitting down. So no time lost, no end user effect for me to mm-hmm. lock my computer. So that's another yeah. kind of big thing. Again, all, all Surface has that except for the Surface Laptop Go, which actually uses a fingerprint reader for authentication. So you can still use Windows Hello, just not in the infrared camera. 
Windows alone. See, and the Go, I think the Go even kind of fills a compelling space because it's it's I don't know if you guys call it the entry model or the 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 cheaper one, the baby one. Um, first line workers, right? First line workers yeah. that want something a little bit more premium. Some, but yeah, someone that's working out of their truck or their vehicle that just need to connect really quickly, throw some data in, answer some calls and move on with their day. They're not going to be parking anywhere for any period of time. I looked really closely at those goes when I was laptop shopping a couple of years ago, and that was such an enticing device. Yeah, it really is. And that's where I think there's the way I kind of break it down is into into four main categories. So I think of kind of our our end user devices as like the book, the laptop, laptop go, the pro pro X uh, studio and different form factors there for maybe executives, mobile users, technical users, developers, whatever. There's different specs that fit different molds there. But then I, I think of the the surface go from a from a more kind of tablet point of sale mobile. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't use this as my primary device just be based on, unless I had a separate keyboard, but just based on the keyboard size, you'd, I'd use it for maybe 20, 30 minutes at a time before kind of sticking it back in my bag or whatever. You absolutely could use it as a primary device. I would just at that point recommend having a dock and using a, a fuller keyboard. Um, but yeah, so I'd, I'd put this in the kind of tablet category competing with iPads or Android tablets, but having a full version of Windows 10 Pro so that you can manage your applications better, manage devices better, mm-hmm. run line of business applications. Um, yeah, as you said, point of sale or in the truck, whatever it might be, it's a great device for that. And price point is great as well. Can the Go still ship with Windows 10 S or is it all Windows Pro now? It's all Windows Pro now. Nice, nice, nice. Could, could you ruggedize the Go? You can. So I... You, we don't. So the, what we sell is the actual kind of device itself with this form factor. Mm-hmm. We do have design for Surface, which is our our third-party accessories. So aka.ms/dfs design for Surface, and that's where you get like this is an a go inside of an OtterBox. So okay. there's cases mm-hmm. like this where if you have to worry about dropping or things like that. There's other cases like here's one from Targus where it has like a hand strap. So if you're going to be mm-hmm. holding the device and using more pen input, things like that. There's So yeah, so there's different cases that you can do, again, depending on how we're going to be using the device, what type of protection you're looking for. Um, but yeah, absolutely, you can kind of get a ruggedized experience on, on the Surface Go, on the Pro, on some of the laptop form factors as well. So, so let me tell the story and bring her back to the Surface Go, ruggedized Surface Go. So um, if you've ever looked at the price of like a Panasonic Toughbook, I don't even know if they make those anymore, even like a ruggedized Dell, whatever the heck, right? Super expensive because they're, they're super rugged. Uh, and for they're most rugged. people, well, but, but, but most people probably don't that, what's that military spec that, that some of those things come with? Mere mortals probably don't need that. The guy coming to quote my kitchen reno probably doesn't need that but he needs a little bit more oomph than just his Samsung Galaxy, whatever phone he's got in his pocket sort of thing. Um, combine that with, now hear me out, Alex, Power Automate, Power Apps, sitting in M365, all of those automated workflows. Teams, if he needs, if that contractor out in the field, that first line worker needs to con- uh, contact head office, that's a pretty well-rounded story, I would say. Oh, for sure. You need like, I look at like you. You're saying like the contractors working on your kitchen might not need it, but like my fam, I have family members who are all contractors, engineers, construction workers, and the 
speedily burn through hardware and just wreck them on the job is pretty pretty impressive at times. So um, I would say the more rugged, the better, but, you know, to each their own. What is the military grade? Is it just like, is it like, is that um, something that's normal or I've never heard of it? No, I know. I mean, we don't really have that on surface side. I mean, it, like I said, it's, we don't have our, it would just be cases and stuff like that. But, but typically those type of devices are super thick because they're like completely dust proof, waterproof, drop proof, whatever it might be. So they're just massive devices and they cost like 3,200 as opposed to a surface go costing 600, 700, and then adding a, a case to it. So mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it is a bit of contrast to, to get military grade, but. Um, I don't think everybody needs it. I think that's where, yeah, that's where I was yeah. trying to go with it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't have a case for my surface, but I thought about it. I, I but, but I'm like, oh, it looks so nice just by itself. And trust exactly. me, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the person that'll put, put a case on their phone on day one. I don't care how ugly that otter box is. I'm, I'm protecting that device. But my nope. surface doesn't really leave my home because, well, where am I going to go in this day and age um, besides like to the park? So I could just throw it in my backpack. It's so lightweight and just easy to work with. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, great device. I'm the same. It's just you hate to put anything over it just because of the way it looks and feels mm-hmm. and kind of has that aesthetic to it as well. Like Although I'm thinking of putting like one of those um, stickers on it, like to like change the, uh, the cover. I've seen some like really cool. Uh, who is it that does a D brand? Yep, there's a D brand. There's different D skins brand. up there. Um, I did put a couple. I, I have a couple of Surface Duos. One's my personal one. One's the work one. But I did. I bought some skins for that. It's normally just a, a white glass on here. So I've did a little bit of skin customization on my Duo. So nice. I'm yeah. I'm I'm heavily considering doing that at some point. I saw some like cool like Windows ninety five uh, templates out there. I'm just like ah, that's kind of cool. Right on. So let's get to the duo in, in one second. I just one one other question while we're talking sort of um, software, you know, wagon, wagon, the hardware, hardware, wagon, the software dog kind of thing. Um, does does your team work in Teams devices as well or is it you're just in the Surface family? Mostly in the Surface family. I, I do have a, a few tie-ins and like with my with my Surface Hub pitch and, and talk track. I, I certainly do talk Microsoft Teams rooms and collaboration bars because there is mm-hmm. more of a story there and not everyone can afford a $12,000 50-inch hub or a $28,000 85-inch hub in every room and I understand that. So <laughs> so certainly do talk Microsoft Teams rooms a little bit. That's um, more of a, so I cover Surface and that's more of a Teams conversation because right um, all of our MTRs are Lenovo, they're all third-party hardware devices that run Teams. So I don't touch on it as much other than just saying, hey, here's some other options because I, I understand you're not going to put a Surface Hub in every room as much as you you may want to or I may want you to. So. Yeah, and it's nice to see those third-party vendors get really close to the Surface Hub so that that experience is pretty consistent you know, in, in a in Microsoft Teams room or with a Surface Hub. Something of note for me, just as an example, again, of um, the software and, and Microsoft responding to the times is um, we don't want to touch stuff in the office anymore because of COVID and, and germs and whatnot. So now you can join a meeting in a Microsoft Teams room without having to touch anything. Um, so again, some some pretty compelling changes in the software coming from the times, you know, what we're going through. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's proximity join as well with, with teams and, and with the Surface sub. So every time I join a call just at my desk, it says, hey, it looks like you're in a conference room and there's a Surface Hub nearby. Do you want to join your right. audio through the hub? Mm-hmm. So again, it takes one less step of me joining through the hub or touching the hub or anything like that. Um, although and that's, that's, on, that's on mobile too. You're, you're right. I think that's on mobile too. And, and that's how long it's been since I've actually been in our own office. I completely forgot about that that experience. <laughs> it's been I love that feature. Yeah. Um, I remember in past lives, um, going into a meeting room that's like fully decked out with a digital screen and then some device in the middle, never heard of it. There's like barely instructions beside it and about a 10 step, 12 step program just to like log in and get your meeting started. And I said, who tested this? <laughs> right. It's gonna, it takes half the meeting to figure out how to get people in it, into it before yeah. you can actually just do anything. So the just the tech yeah just like the technology advancing and maturing enough to basically cut all of that out and say okay you're in the room check check you got your device let's go get started is just a big it's a it's a big step forward i even remember even just a few years ago here at microsoft just walking into conference rooms and they got like four different cords sitting in the middle of the table to which cording to plug into (laughs) what your device takes so no longer needing that with the the proximity join or the Meerkast type of stuff going on. Right on. Okay, Surface Duo. Let's let's talk Surface Duo. Um, Alex and I talked about it. I don't know, right after it came out in the states, and we were kind of waiting for it to to hit for us up in Canada. I know price was kind of our concern, but take us through the Surface Duo story. Maybe we maybe we didn't do it justice, or maybe we're missing missing something yeah so i've i said in the u.s uh, surface duo has been out since september so that's why that's why i have two is because i i knew i was going to get one for work once it came in canada i cover canada but that wasn't going to be until it launched in canada which happened Mm -hmm. in february so i was like i don't want to wait that long i'm going to get one for myself and use it and it's been my normal everyday only phone since September, and I absolutely love it. The just the the multiple screens that you're able to, how you're able to utilize it, go back and forth, um, be able to do multitasking, even from just a, a personal kind of consumer perspective. Being able to, I do, I play a lot of like online poker stuff, so I'll have mm-hmm. poker on one screen, and then you can't really close that app or put something over it because then you'll miss the next hand. But I don't play every hand, so it's like I want to just sit there and stare at it. So being able to multitask in a in a scenario like that is good. There's grouping that you can do with the with the apps as well. So if you want to like if you're always using Teams and Outlook together, you can group them. So then with just one touch, it launches Teams on one screen and Outlook on the other. There's kind of drag and drop where you can actually span apps over both screens at once. So like Outlook for an example, if I click an email here, then it has my messages on the left side and then it puts the reading pane on the right. So it kind of has that desktop outlook feel where I can kind of cycle between messages and be able to kind of read my message here. And then if there's a hyperlink or something in the email, I can click on that and then it'll move the email then to the left screen and open the hyperlink in the right. So again, I can stay in my flow, in my state of mind of I'm still replying to this email, but now I'm seeing the content that you had sent me or included in the email. So it gives me, better idea to respond to that quickly. I'm not jumping back and forth, double clicking to switch between apps or anything like that. It's just all right here. That's another big thing too on the on the notification side. Like 
having notifications on another phone, you see it, you want to click on it, you do click on it. Now it's on top and you could get lost in whatever app that is that you open up, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for 15 minutes. And now you're like, mm-hmm. oh crap, now I got to go back and <laughs> do whatever, where was I again? With this, now I can click on that notification, view it quick, but I'm still, I still have this top of mind on my left side to, to keep working and, and kind of stay going. So usually when I'm using it, I, I have it open in kind of a, a book mode where I'm using both screens at once. You can close it and just use it essentially as a, as a one screen device. Uh, it's a lot of people say that, that's big. Does it fit in your pocket? Whatever. The thinness of it is really similar to any other phone. I mean, the, the single screen by itself is as thin as a USB-C port. That's the charging mechanism. So it's a, a very thin device by itself. So even when you're have it closed, it's still comparable. Like I, I oftentimes have my old iPhone seven that I came from before this and it's pretty much with the case that I had on it, which wasn't anything huge. It's the exact same size. So it's really not that big. I use these surface earbuds for the most part when I'm connected, um, talking wirelessly Bluetooth that way. Otherwise just talking on it, one screen, you have it folded like that as well. So it's really, you can use it in one screen and have that familiar experience. Microsoft actually partnered with Google on it. So we run on Android, we have full access to the Google Play Store. I was a, a big Windows phone fan in the past and I love the operating Guilty. system, but yep. <laughs> that was just one thing. The app store doesn't, it, we didn't have the kind of top consumer app. So it didn't affect me as much because I didn't care as much to, I wasn't into a lot of the, hottest consumer apps but just the fact that they weren't there kind of killed the market and developers weren't developing for it because it was a small market share and people weren't buying it because the app so it's kind of a a catch-22 and even at that time i was like i wish we could just have like the google play store or apple app store and get those apps to work on this phone and be perfect so i think that's Mm kind of what happened here is we get the microsoft experience and and kind of intune management experience on it as well but have the kind of flavor of Android and app experience of Android as well. It's a similar call I've heard from everyone I know that's owned or used a Microsoft uh, phone back in the day. They miss it. They wish there were more apps. They wish it just kind of the market caught on to it because they were just lovely devices. Um, I heard the same thing about the Duo when it came out because the hardware was like, was was a big leading feature. Um, Like, I really I haven't been able to get my hands on one, but I really just want to experience that hinge, just like that, that click and that that closing. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, the, the hinge on it. I mean, you can just it just takes a single single finger to kind of move it wherever you want it, and it's there's no like it's just perfectly smooth and kind of sticky wherever you, wherever whatever angle you want to do it, you can just leave it at that. And kind of whether you use it one screen or this is kind of like what they call tent mode, so you can actually set it down on a table or desktop and watch a video or training or whatever, be more hands-free. So I, I like that. Um, if you're even just out to eat and watching video or whatever like that, just setting it down and kind of having it on a table so more people can see it. Not everyone's like hovered around trying to look over there, over at the screen. Yeah. I, I, it sounds like the hardware just got like the team nailed the hardware. Um, how's the software evolved since it's launched? Have you seen it? Like, cause I know it's running Android. Um, and that's always a bit of a thing to keep up with, um, from a resource and just developer side of it. Um, have you seen it just, um, evolve since it came out since you first got it? 
Yeah, and I would say initially in, in September, it, it did feel a little buggy. I mean, a, a lot of it was a new technology to be able to move apps between screens and span over two screens. And so it was kind of an evolution of anything Android offered. Um, so I, I think a lot of that has been cleaned up. Um, it's pretty, and I don't know if it is, I think it's partly both where Microsoft has made improvements, but also just getting used to it. I came from an iPhone that was kind of in between my Windows phone and this. So, so coming over from an iPhone iOS system to an Android, there are some just user experience that I need to get used to as well. So getting comfortable with Android and um, just use case and moving back and forth, it's, it's pretty seamless and smooth experience right now. So certainly happy with it. I heard something from uh, someone in the uh, Surface team saying that there's a trend with Surface devices that it just they get better with age. And I've never known hardware and software to do that, but it seems to be true. Every time I pick up a Surface device, whether it's an older one or a current one, it just it does get better. Even my own, just it feels normally they're like they're best when they're fresh out of the box, they're brand new. But I think my Surface is running better now than it did when I got it a year or two ago. So, which is just, it's interesting, but that's, but that's a good marriage between the hardware and the software and just like a platform evolving with the tech it has um, available to it. So I do like that. Yeah, no, I, it'd be tough for me to go to any other phone right now and just the whole two screen user experience and trying to go back to one screen now would be, mm-hmm. it'd be a, it would be a tough sell to go back. There are certainly some things that I think Microsoft maybe missed or could have added in this version one. Um, there's no NFC, there's no 5G. Um, the camera isn't the greatest. I don't take a lot of cameras so, or pictures, so it doesn't affect me as much, but there are a few things that are like, if, 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 this, if it could do this or this, um, it would help. Like I used tap to pay with Apple before, so I was mm-hmm. kind of used to that experience. Mm-hmm. So not having an NFC, a little change of habits, but so it's not super noticeable, but but there certainly are just a few tweaks that would certainly make it a just even more amazing device. But I wouldn't trade any of those things for for any other device. What would you say is the best software demonstration that you've seen on the Surface so far? Like specific to Duo or any of the yeah, products? Specific, specific to Duo. Like, what do you think is like the best uh, app you've gotten on your phone that just like really takes advantage of the form factor? I mean, I think a lot of the Microsoft apps are built for that kind of multi-screen platform so i mean i think using outlook in that sense where you can use both screens have messages on one read pane on the right click on something and still be in your email and view it i think that's an amazing experience microsoft teams is another thing that's optimized for using two screens where you can have the your chat still going but you can be in a meeting Um, you can have the presentation on one you can have video on the other so there's a lot of use cases with teams as well i think as more and more developers and apps out there get used to the duo and having a, a multi-screen device. I think they'll be able to optimize on taking advantage of kind of a two-screen experience as well. Yeah, I think I think a lot of mobility, a lot of smartphones, um, it's hurry up and multitask or hurry up and do all sorts of other things really quick and you bounce around and like you say, you get lost in an app or you get stuck, you get way down some kind of rabbit hole. If you're on uh, if you're on an Apple device, you don't really have a back button. You can kind of, you kind of, that's jarring. Uh, for me, coming over to Android to iOS, I miss my back button. Um, but <laughs> but the Surface devices, they all, to me, sort of tell the story of just hurry up and focus. You know, stay in your flow, get in, do what you got to do, you know, keep your tasks going. 
Um, that's really an interesting story, I think, on the mobility side. That said, um, pandemic and, and all, we haven't been mobile. Has that has that hurt the Surface Duo story? Or is this just, was it wrong time, wrong place kind of thing? Or has it been a pretty strong pickup? I think it's... It's I think it's gaining traction. I, Microsoft, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to do a whole lot of marketing. So it's like even when I'm just out and about in public, people will be like, "Oh, what's that? I've never seen that before." Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think like just talking to it with my commercial customers and corporate corporate accounts, there's there's a lot of interest in use cases that are that are out there. There's a lot of companies that are in kind of the the POC where they'll have like 10, 20 of them to try them with an IT or try them with their field service team or whatever. There's kind of float, different ones floating around the organization. So, so I think that'll just get stronger as more versions, more capabilities mm-hmm. come to it as well. It'd be cool to bring some of that augmented reality stuff, the the Azure anchors and, and some of the D365 stuff where, again, two screens, one is maybe showing you the guides on how to fix you know that electrical panel, but down on the second screen, you have your text-based instructions or something like that, or buttons to hit or some, something like that. Again, one one screen is that augmented view and then steps to follow or go left, go right, look up, look down. Um, two screens, just a uh, lot, of, lot of possibilities. We've, we've, we've done it on the desktop. You know, there's that saying, how, how much more productive are you when you have two screens? Uh, I certainly think it's part of you know, very, very basic digital transformation. Hey, give your folks two monitors. They could do more. Uh, it's it's right. pretty compelling. So on the mobile side, I'm looking forward to being mobile again, I guess. I'm I'm still a little bit blue from, you know, being stuck at home and all of that. But um, I know these two guys, Matt, yeah, they, do I- a, they do a podcast every once in a while. If you wanted to send them some demo hardware, I'm sure they would be happy to <laughs> review the Surface Duo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right I'm on. just kidding. Yeah, no, I yeah, I I mean, going to your mobile question too. I mean, I mean, I think that's slowed things down as well because you mm-hmm. don't have your your field staff or your mobile users out and about, so you might not need that type of technology capability right now as well. So, so yeah, it's I coming. Kinda it's coming back. That. It's coming. Yeah. Right. Right on, Alex. Have you ever seen a Surface Studio? Uh, in per- only at the store, really. I haven't been able to try them out in person, but I really want to. They just yeah. look like beautiful machines. Right on. Yeah, no, I, I've only seen one a couple of times, and just you gotta gotta go up to it and like move that screen around, and just have that experience. But right yeah, on. That's, that's an amazing device as well. Amazing, amazing budget to to pay for some of these things, but I know there's flexibility in terms of uh, financing and, and different programs too. I think Microsoft has uh, various. I think Surface for Business is a leasing has a leasing program, so I know there's options there uh, if our listeners want to check that out. So, uh, anything else, Matt? We're we're getting close to to wrapping up. Anything else you want to plug? Anything else you want to share? Things to look out coming down the pipeline. Tell us what Satch is thinking about new Surface devices. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't seen anything other than kind of last Christmas launch when they first announced the the Duo. And at that time, they did announce a, a Neo as well, which has been delayed. So I haven't heard anything more on timelines of that. But ultimately, that would be when it's closed, I think it'd be about this size, about the, the size of an open Duo. And then you'd open it up and it'd be essentially... A 13 and a half or 13 inch 
kind of screen. So get into more tablet. So mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of use cases or, or thoughts around kind of the the size and, and use cases on the on the Neo. So certainly excited for that. Um, we just launched laptop four, so a lot of excitement on that. Otherwise, I haven't heard too much on form other new devices. I guess one big one coming up here in June is our we're we're having more audio devices coming to market as well. So mm -hmm. um, this will be more kind of on the Jabra Plantronics compete type of headsets where you have just the over ear wireless Bluetooth ones. You have the corded ones. Uh, we have some an audio put coming, a webcam. So some of those just added Teams accessories that are that are releasing here next month. Um, otherwise, I mean, yeah, I think there's a, a great Surface story. There's mm -hmm. accessories that are can be paired with it, whether it's the the mice, the pens, the the full blown Surface headphones. headphones the, yeah. And I love the I love the colors for everything too. It's, it's not going to make you stand out, especially if you're using these in, in a professional work setting. You're not going to stand out. It doesn't say, hello, hey, come, come, you know, give all this attention to me. It's just mellow and, and you can still have a personality with your device by, if you want a maroon mouse and a blue pen and a silver surface, you can you can make all that happen. That's right. Well, I have a maroon uh, burgundy, I think is what they call it, uh, mobile mouse and a cobalt blue arc mouse and... Yeah, they have different uh, type keyboards as well. Yep. So I'm so curious about those arc mouses. I haven't tried one, and I'm just I gotta admit I'm like a little skeptical. That looks really cool, but like, do you use it on a regular basis? Like, how do you? So I actually use uh, the main one I use is a it's an ergonomic one. Oh, um, me too. So yeah, that that same one. So so I I think the the case on the arc one would be more travel um, yeah. i mean it's very mm -hmm. it's very thin when it's flat like this it's turned off and it doesn't turn on until you do arc it but i think even just when it is arced i mean it feels pretty natural and good to be using it um so i think that's a, a good case for the arc mouse yeah. so it's, it's off when it's, it's, it's flat and then it's on when it's bent that's kind of neat yeah. uh, there's a yeah. there's a lost use case there because when i'm doing presentations on the road like well before lockdowns and covid I always had, um, well, I had my old big mouse and I'd use that to advance slides on the, on my decks and having something a little more cute. If like that arc mouse could work when it's flat, that would have been just like the perfect solution. Alex is going to want that in the budget now. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm holding out to get, uh, the new hub in, installed in our studio. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's in the budget. <laughs> Absolutely. We can make it work. The other thing outside of our own accessories is that design for surface. Um, well, one thing I've been talking a lot now is even just, just this bridge keyboard. So bridge is the company and it's, it gives the pro, uh, or even the go a hard cover keyboard. Um, and then you can ultimately get 180 degrees or since it is a, a Bluetooth keyboard, you could actually stand up the pro, set it on a table on the desk, and then just use the Bluetooth keyboard on your lap or wherever you might use it. So there are some kind of good use cases with some of our third-party accessories as well. There's different charging cases and protective cases, as you saw earlier. So um, that DFS site is pretty neat as well. Right on. So hit us up again with those links. Uh, any anywhere you want our listeners to go check out uh, Surface yourself, anything. What uh, what would you like us to share? I mean, Surface.com is the main landing page. There's a a business link on top. Just regular Surface.com will take you to the consumer side. Um, you would want business side if you're in the business because there are Windows 10 Pro versus Home. There's advanced exchange warranty. 
the TPM 2.0 chip versus a firmware chip. So there, there are certainly differentiators on the business side versus the consumer side. But then the accessories, um, the third-party accessories is aka.ms slash DFS, which stands for Designed for Surface. So that'll take you to any of those added accessories. Right on. Thank you, Matt, so much for joining us on the Mobile Show podcast. It's been a slice. I, I, you're welcome back, as, as all Microsoft guests are always welcome back on the show. Are you still coaching football out in Fargo? Yep, still running the uh, Fargo Invaders team. We're uh, three games into our season, so good. Um, good. We won our league championship. We didn't have a season in 2020, but won the league championship in 2019. So, nice. yeah, another kind of fun hobby. So, right on. Well, thanks again for joining us, and thanks again, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe with your podcast app of choice, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever it happens to be. We are coming out every second Thursday. So again, don't forget to subscribe and check out the show notes. We'll have links to everything that we've covered with Matt. Catch you next time. Take care, everyone. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, dear listeners, for hanging out with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. You can find us on all the major podcasting apps. We release new episodes every second and fourth Thursday of the month. On behalf of Ryan, myself, and the amazing staff at Claire Concepts who helps make this show possible, take care.